0: Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, happy Friday. We made it through an entire week, and that is sometimes amazing in and of itself. So I'm glad that you joined me today. And we are finishing up this idea of guaranteed value and how very valuable you are, how incredibly valuable you are, and how difficult that is for us to actually take that in and believe it. It's so counterculture to our, in our culture. It's so uh, not the way that we think. And we talked a lot about performance oriented behavior. And that's that idea that I have to do something in order to be of value, that I can somehow increase or decrease my value. What I want you to really think about is this idea that God wants us to move the knowledge of his love for us from our heads to our hearts. He wants that intellectual truth to become integrated and then we can really access it now and experience it now versus waiting until we get to heaven to really see what God saw and, and the value that he has for us and how much he values us. So we left off with this saying and I, that I said, You cannot regain what you have not lost. And this is where it gets twisted. This is how the enemy likes to twist these things because he wants to make us feel like we can lose our value or that we've lost value. Let's say um, we're getting older and it's harder maybe if you lose your job in your 40s or 50s to go and get another job. You don't feel valued by society. How about people that uh, someone that has um, been in a fire and they are burned and now they don't feel as valued because of their appearance or someone that is feeling like they're overweight and they don't feel as valued because they don't look a particular way. Or the person that doesn't have the right car or enough money or the right job or social standing or whatever neighborhood they live in. We, we really try so many times, it's so natural for our humanness, to pull from the outside, hoping we integrate it into inside so that we feel valuable. So if I have enough money, if I look good enough, if I have a, a great car, if I have a, a spouse, a, a wife, a husband, if I have children. We, we even think that um, having certain pets, the more expensive the pet is, somehow increases our value. So I want you to think about this is, this is contrary to the way that God works. He's the one that establishes value. You can't change your value, just like we talked about the analogy yesterday of the hundred dollar bill, regardless of where the hundred dollar bill was spent, how old it is, how crumpled up it is, if it's been stepped on in the in the parking lot, if it's been spit on if if it's been found in a trash can it it's still a hundred dollars. The hundred dollars doesn't change from day to day, just as your value doesn't change now you feeling valued, that may vacillate from day to day. And we talked yesterday about that idea that feelings are very real, but not necessarily true. So I can feel devalued because of maybe the way you treated me, but my value has not been lost. And God didn't die for me, hoping I would become valuable enough to justify his death on the cross. I am valued because he created me and he wanted me and chose to create me and knew every moment of my life that would occur, good, bad, and indifferent, and he died for me anyways. So this is very important that I accept that I'm a sinner and I'm highly valued by God and in need of a Savior. As a result, then I can realize and accept I cannot regain what I have not lost. I can feel devalued, like I said, because of behaviors, whatever it is, but, but my value to God cannot be altered. My experience of Him, or my experience of how valued I feel, my effectiveness can change from any given day, but my value can't. So, regardless of how unlovely, how unworthy, how invaluable I feel, I need to respond to God's truth. The truth always sets us free, right? And he says I am highly valued and very precious in his sight. So when we believe and internalize this truth about guaranteed value, that God's guaranteed my value. He purchased me with a very high price. He's committed to me and he created me that insight revolutionized my life. Let's look let's look a little bit let's look a little more deep deeply into this. And I want to read a passage to you that too, that actually really convicted me when I was learning this whole concept of of guaranteed value. And this is Romans chapter 9 verse 20 out of the message bible and it's 20 through 23. And this was a very difficult day with uh, God and I one day. I was praying and I was complaining relentlessly about my appearance. I wanted bigger hair. You know, I wanted bigger boobs, if I'm allowed to say that on the air, you know, because in this world, you know how that is with women. And I was complaining to God. And he says to me in Romans nine, twenty through 23, who in the world do you think you are to second-guess God? Do you for one moment suppose... Any of us knows enough to call God into question. Clay does not talk back to the fingers that mold it saying, Why did you shape me like this? (coughs) Excuse me. Isn't it obvious that it's it's the potter that has the perfect right to shape? (coughs) I thought I was over this, but not quite. So let's go back to this verse. If God needs one style of pottery, especially designed to show... His angry displeasure and another style carefully reflected and crafted to show his glorious goodness. Isn't that his right? Either or both happens to Jews, but it also happens to the life of other people. Hosea put it very well, and I love this. He says, I call nobodies and make them somebodies. I call the unloved and make them beloved. In the place where they yell out, you're nobody, they're calling you God's living children. And Isaiah maintained this same emphasis. If each grain of sand on the seashore were numbered, and the sum labeled chosen of God, they'd be numbers still, not names. Salvation comes by personal selection. God doesn't count us. He calls us by name. Arithmetic is not his focus. So let's go back to the very beginning of this. Who in the world do you think you are to second-guess God? The clay doesn't talk back to the fingers that mold it and say, why did you shape me this way? And that's a huge, huge awareness that God is saying, I, I, have, all the, I have numbered all the grains of sand. And Hosea is saying, I call nobodies and make them somebodies. I call the unloved and make them beloved." Now, this doesn't mean that God is, is giving us more value. What he's wanting is, us to realize is that he chose us the way he wanted us to be for a very particular reason, for a very specific time in history, and, and that's his choice. And when I had to humble myself and accept that and say, Oh, my goodness, I have no right to complain to God about how he made me, where he placed me in time. That is his choice. He's the God of the universe, and he chose me and chose to create me. And Psalms 139, 3 through 16 says, Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking, body and soul. I'm marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how, how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I even have lived one day. That's amazing. Think about... The fact that this god of the universe knows you down to the cellular level and loves every cell in your body he doesn't love everything i do but he loves every single thing about me that's in that that's all inspiring and the enemy wants to think he can steal something of value that he can steal my value and he can't he can't take what it, he, he doesn't own for one thing but he can't change the creation. He's not a creator. Satan is a, was an archangel. He is not a creator. So when we look at this, this whole idea of how, how we decrease or increase value, that feeling of that, it has everything to do with sin. Because de- sin decreases my feeling of being valued because I don't end up liking me. I lose my uniqueness, I become something that I am not. And every time I become something I am not designed to be, I'm going to feel pretty rotten about myself actually. So what we want to do, how do we fix this? The truth. We use the truth. The truth sets us free. See, sin increases my feelings of separation from God. It doesn't increase or decrease my value. Sin does not alter my status or position. When, when we're in heaven, there, are, there is no strata. You know, the people that sinned less get to be at the top, and the people that, that barely snuck in are at the bottom. We are all of equal value to God. So if I believe this lie, I'm going to feel compelled to try to, quote-unquote, regain my value or my sense of worth. And I am now in conflict and an enmity with God, myself, and others. When I perceive this, quote-unquote, loss of value, I will feel compelled to regain it. And the only way I know how to do it is to be a human doing. That's how I try to regain my value versus a human being. So the world's way to feel valuable is that performance-oriented behavior we talked about yesterday. And here's this great equation. It's others' opinions plus my performance equal my value. So what you think of me and how well I perform equals my value. That's the world's way. That means that every day my value is going to be determined versus my value being static, which is what God says. So Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. God does not want us to be groveling for the approval of men. When we engage in this type of system, this type of equation, we will become very weary, very discouraged, very exhausted, frustrated, hopeless, probably angry. We get quite disillusioned. This is where we get burnout, we get fatigue, we get perfectionism, which is a a pretty arrogant behavior to participate in as if we could be perfect, right? And so human nature automatically resists pain and it gravitates toward pleasure. Let me say that again. Humans naturally resist pain and gravitate toward pleasure. So consequently, we end up on this treadmill that has us running away from ourselves and from God. And then running to worldly things, we think, will fix the pain. As a result, we end up bumping into others trying to do the same thing. And now we have pain for everyone. We have pain in vain. There is no gain. Now, this, this whole idea of gravitating toward pain, I mean, resisting pain and gravitating toward pleasure, I'm not talking about, you know, flogging yourself. What I'm saying is this whole idea of letting God shape us and, and truly help us to be the person that he designed us to be, and as he's working out that salvation, he's undoing the fallenness in us, that's a painful process. And only the brave really sign up for that. So that that Romans 9.20 verse that says, Who are you to talk back to God and say, Why did you make me like this? What we want to remind ourselves is, If I trust the one who died for me, then I can trust the way he made me. And I can trust that I fit into the fabric of his creation perfectly if I will participate. If I will accept who I am and stop fighting with God about who I am and how he made me, I will, my life will be far more reflective of my original design. And I will enjoy it far more. It took me a long time to realize and to accept that my career choice, which was to be a performer, a musician, was not God's. That his career choice, his calling on my life, was being a psychotherapist. And, and also then I became an ordained minister as well, and an author, which I really don't enjoy writing. But it's, it's amazing how God has really shown me that when I was going in that direction, the other it was very painful. And when I accepted how God made me and the life's calling that he had on my life, my life became very rich and I enjoyed it so very much more. So God's way to feel, quote-unquote, feel valuable, because we already are, can't lose, can't lose what we haven't lost, is done through repentance and reconciliation. When I repented when i resisted giving god my life and i repented and said i want I, do you still want it god do you still want my life because i really messed it up and i repented and i was reconciled to god and second corinthians chapter 5 17 through 21 says therefore if anyone is in christ he's a new creation the old has gone the new has come and that new creation okay when when he says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation it's not that god made me into a new person is that he finally helped me reclaim who i originally am and th- and the creation the newness of that was exhilarating was is wonderful because he's saying you 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 put your own hands to the clay cynthia and you started shaping it your way And it's not what it's supposed to be. I'm going to make it new again. I'm going going to make a new thing out of what you have done to your life. And it goes on to say, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ and counting men's sin not against him not against them. And Colossians chapter 1, verse 22 says, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish, free from accusation. So, if I choose to believe God's truth regarding my value, how do I move that knowledge from my head to my heart? Well, we go back to the saying, I accept and realize, I accept and realize, I cannot regain what I have not lost. God never, never stopped valuing Adam and Eve, even though they sent the creation into complete confusion, disarray, and pain. So how do I realize that feeling my own intrinsic value, how do I realize that and feel that intrinsic value. Well, think about Adam again. Adam lost his quote unquote, his sense and feeling of value because he disappointed himself. God never stopped valuing them. Sin did not decrease our value, it only increases our separation from ourselves, from others, and from God. So it is as simple as believing I'm valuable. It's just simply believing the same way you believe Jesus is the Son of God and died on on the cross for your sins. It's the same thing. It's a step of faith. And so it's very simple, but it doesn't necessarily mean easy. So part of the reconciliation is also my forgiveness of myself. Because when we trespass against ourselves, we harm ourselves. And that causes me to feel less valuable, less worthwhile. I like this. This is uh, Romans 5.8. And, and John 3.16 especially tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have that everlasting life. Now remember, Jesus didn't die on the cross when, for Adam and Eve. He, he came centuries, centuries, millennial later. The whole world was in disarray. And God still died for the world. And at that point, he knew all the sin that was occurring after his death as well. So Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 says, Consider Abraham. He believed God And it was credited to him as righteousness. So we believe. We accept, we believe, we realize. We take a step of faith. And we choose to believe God's truth versus our feelings. And that's a really, really important concept. That we choose to believe God's truth versus our feelings. Because our feelings many times are going to lie to us. We're fallen. So remember that this, um, this verse, Mark chapter 1 verse 4 it says, And so John came baptizing in the desert region, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And I want you to think about if we accept God's grace as the only way to be this authentic, honest, and truly Fully realized person that God has designed us to be, then what occurs? In when we are willing to accept that truth, when we are willing to accept the fact that God has grace for us, and that He knows we're going to get off track, He knows we're going to sin, He knows we're going to mess up. And He doesn't want us to be our own Satan to ourselves and reject ourselves, hate ourselves, hide from ourselves and from others, and try to regain value. What we want to realize is no matter how the $100 bill was spent, right, no matter where it was, no matter where it's been, no matter what has happened to that $100 bill, it's still valuable. You are valuable, very valuable, and that value is guaranteed by the death of Jesus on the cross. So I want you to walk in this confidence and I want you to stop questioning your value and attempting to get the world to see your value or establish your value. I don't want you to give that away. I don't want you to give that power to the world so that the world determines whether or not you get to feel valuable. So we are at the end of the show. Thank you so much. You are very valuable to God, very, very valuable to the world. Don't let the enemy lie to you and resist that. So have a great weekend. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and God bless you in the rest of your day.